Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up, what's up, OG5? How's everybody doing tonight? It's Tuesday. I always say it's Monday because we used to be on Monday, but now it's Tuesday. Ironically, I have another podcast to do on Monday because even when we try to adjust our life, things pick up the slack. And joining us, as always, from Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon. Gordon, how you doing tonight, friend? Wee! Do that again? Wee! Why you only come through one speaker? I don't know. Have so, you seen those TikTok videos that just go wee and the dogs are doing funny shit, jumping over fences and whatnot yeah but like the music's coming out of both my speakers but you're only coming out of one you're in mono my friend that is weird let me uh let me uh make sure everything's plugged in here testing testing mm-hmm. one two three i don't know i can hear me and both of my uh mm-hmm. my monitors well i don't know it's gonna be a 70s mono throwback night tonight because like i said uh the music's coming through both my speakers. dude the mckenzie brother style you know left speaker and i'm in the right or whichever one I'm coming out of, anyway. Let's see your gains, fine. Your balance, fine. Let's see. okay. You're kind of my light speaker. I want to go right. Say something. Hello, 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 hello. That's funny. When I pan left to the right, you still continue to come out of my left speaker. So I have no, no. idea. That's weird. Oh boy. Mm. Uh, came on today. It was a nice day. I was like, I'm going to get the lawn mowed because, well, the lawn needs mown, and it. Uh, it's a good day for it. Not enough so time. Hold to on, hold on. Morgan says not at all on Facebook. Perfect. Then we'll just assume it's my stuff, and I'll be happy with that. So thank you, Morgan Long, for doing the quality sound check. And um, Oh, hey. Yeah. There's something you should be doing. Uh, I'm already recording, thanks. Okay. I've been in here. Okay. But uh, actually. See, the days I say it, you're already good to go. The days I don't. Mm-hmm. I just uh-huh. adjusted your slider, your pot. If you will, and now you're coming through. Well, a pot is technically a potentiometer, which is circular. Okay. Yeah, and I don't think, yeah, so this is a fader. I, I touched your fader, and I can hear you out of both speakers. You touch my fader, man. Keep your hands Woo-hoo. to your fucking self. What's up from the land of the insanity? Martin Mazika is tuning in tonight. Did you see Nicole? Um, yeah, that's. Post on... Did you see the person we went to high school with posted on the school safety Southwestern City Schools? No, Martin, I didn't. If you could send me that in a personal message, and I'll. Oh, I'll... oh, no, me at all. No, Gordon, at all now, huh? How about now? Say something, Gordon. Oh dear God! Here we go with the technological glitches again. Well, see, it's weird because I'm watching the external monitor on the screen from OBS, uh-huh. and when you say something, it peaks. On both sides? Yeah, and um, you're showing up on my audition, so that's weird. I'm going to shut up. You talk for a second. Uh, what do we do? I think it's Morgan, because I'm listening to you say, Dear God, right now. Uh, are you? Yeah, let me, uh, yeah, I could do it myself here. here stop talking. Then when you say something, it peaks. On both sides? Yeah, and um, you're showing up on... I can hear myself, too, so we're good. Sorry, Morgan. I don't know. We we'll need to reboot. Morgan. We'll blame it on Morgan. Anyhow, so I came home. I thought it's a good night to mow the lawn. And um, I got three quarters of the front lawn mowed. And Carrie came out and said, um, we got to get an open house tonight. I'm like, huh? High school. Did you, uh, did you then bring out your phone? I said, let me consult my phone. No, I said, um, go in there. Here. 
I said, go in there and double check and make sure. And then uh, I'm always happy to have an excuse to get out of mowing the lawn, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, until he, I got until the next time. I got all the um, thank you, Martin. I'll check it out after the show. Um, I got the whole left side of the house mowed. I did not get the runway slash easement area between me and the neighbor, but whatever. So here in Southwest Florida, as I've said before, we have school choice. Okay. And so what does that mean for the schools? As you may not know, I know you know, Gordon, but for the general audience, you may not know that when you have a school district that works and operates off a of school choice, and all school districts for that matter, but in some places where like you and I grew up, when you basically went to the school inside of your area code or your zip code or within your neighborhood, you didn't really have a choice. That's the school you went to. And schools That's get paid per student. That's kind of how we grew up. Well, when you have school choice and you get to choose where you go and you're getting paid per student, it kind of turns into a sales pitch when you show up for open house night. So we Oh, did you have to sit down at one of them timeshare fucking thing? Kind of. Actually, it was more like a um, college come to our senior student to our school so we can get your tuition money. So um, right down the street is North Fort Myers High School. That's within walking distance, right? Close enough. Now, Gordon has heard through listening to Stan Haney and us that, you know, North Fort Myers doesn't exactly have the best reputation in the world. So you're North North Cape, huh? I'm Northeast Cape, but I'm Oh, no, you're South Cape. No, I'm Northeast Cape. Fort Myers and Fort Myers is south of you, right? Yes. And so North Fort Myers bumps into Northeast Cape. Don't ask. There's a lot of water and rivers involved. Don't worry. We should see how far out northwest of Vegas actually goes. And so... I know Carrie's niece went to North Fort Myers High School, but I never really had a glimpse into it. I've driven by it. It's been around forever and a day. And unfortunately, um, you know, sometimes when it comes to old high, old schools, the neighborhoods get tired of the schools. And sometimes when they're older neighborhoods, over time, they kind of get a little more industrialized and a little more run down. And so when you're driving by North Fort Myers High School, you're like, huh, kind of a crappy neighborhood. What the school's like. But it's school choice. This is the first of her three or four choices. And so we're, we went there. And they uh, we get there. And uh, they're the Fort, North Fort Myers Red Knights. And so they're having their red carpet night. K-N-I-G-H-T. See what they did there? Pretty cute. Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like when they sing the national anthem here. And it goes to the night part. Everybody yells knights as in K-N-I-G-H-T-S. Sure. Because, you know, that's what you do when you want to be clever and do... Yeah. Cool sport things. And so we get there, and they have their drama department and their theater department out there holding super still. And they got some of them dressed up like the pink ladies from Greece and some other ones, and got some music playing. It's really kind of cool. And they usher us into the auditorium, which is very similar to the one in Grove City, but I'm, and I'm guessing this is pretty new section of the building, or at least remodeled. And they got a pretty damn cool set design. I'm looking, I'm like, wow, if they. If their kids painted that shit here, that looks pretty good. It must look borderline. Think kind of like um, Lion King on Broadway style art in the background. It's a check into the positive. All right. We're, you know, we're, we're digging this. They got some nice lighting going on. They got some pretty cool paintings of, like I said, it kind of looks like uh, Lion King on Broadway type, you know, uh, native kind of um, African kind of drawings and stuff. Really cool. And I was looking. No, that one over there is really good. I'm looking around the auditorium. It says, like, Little Shop of Horrors, 1988. And, like, all these different plays they've been doing all throughout the years. 
Like they have a reputation for a school that puts on good productions. Yeah. And okay. so um, some Check. freshmen come in or some sophomores come in and, uh, okay, welcome to the Red Knights, Red Carpet Night. To entertain you for the next half hour before we officially start the open house. Here are some students from the, you know, uh, dance squad or whatever. And they come out and do some theatrical dance. It was pretty damn good. And then they had some people come out from the uh, drama department and lip syncing some songs. And the one kid came out and sang. And it was pretty good. And then the principal comes out. Female, of course, because, well, there's no more men administrators anymore. Every school you go to nowadays, it's all female administrators. And that right, Martin Mazika, you know. And so she welcomes everybody, and she starts going into the sales pitch, <laughs> the the timeshare pitch, if you will. If your student chooses to come here and start going over their standards and their their stats and talking about their two different programs, one of them is for the arts and blah blah blah, and another one is actually they have a pretty cool program. If your kid's intellectually inclined, they can actually get like damn near 43 college credits before they finish high school and save you a couple grand in, you know, college for, you know, the generalized stuff that you need when you go off to college. And they show us a video that was made in-house. And I'm starting to get amped up. Like, this place is pretty fucking nice. And it's really heavily themed about visual arts and audio arts and uh, dancing and this and that. Wondering when the other shoe is going to drop. It didn't drop. This place is like fucking fame the high school, Gordon. Um, if I <laughs> So what's the catch? Well, there There's always the, a catch. Well, so we do the orientation and we get the map. The very first room I see is the game development room where they teach you how to design video games. Now, is this like a charter school? No, or this is fucking North Fort Myers High School. Been around since 1953. <laughs> Um, but since it's a, they have five high schools in this one area, and since it's school choice, you kind of have to, much like a college. That must sounds like a modern tech school. Like I said, well, I haven't even started. It's like fucking fame. <laughs> remember the remember the show Fame out of New York? Fame, mm-hmm. I'm gonna live forever. I'm gonna learn. It's how a to school fly. of the arts, right? Is what you're thinking? Yes, but it's not a private school. It's a public school. But once again, when the whole theme is, you got to get students to want to come here because we get paid per students, and this isn't forced. You go here because this is where you live. It's school choice. And so the very first room we see is game development and 3D printing. And you go in there, and they got all these the kids are fucking dancing and fuck. I wish I was back. In they have school. exactly. Carrie said the same thing, <laughs> and so they got the dual monitors. One kid's in there doing anime on tablets. It's showing up. They got three D printers going over there. Beep, beep, beep. And, and Seriana's all about Xbox. I'm like, hey, you interested in gaming? Well, when she realized it's designing video games and not playing video games, she kind of lost interest, and she wanted to see the gym and the cafeteria. And we're walking through this place, and all the lockers have zip ties on them. They don't use the lockers because there's no books. So we go visit the gym in well, the cafeteria. I guess, a, I guess a tablet doesn't take much. You know, you just take it from class to class. <coughs> well, no, they got Chromebooks. The tablets <coughs> were actually for that one room. So anyhow, hmm. as we're walking around out in the courtyard, they got the choir out there singing. Down by the cafeteria, they got the artist painting on paints, and some of them are painting. You're the getting wall. jazzed up, right? They got some kid walking around in like some Halloween jack o' lantern costume, and then we go past this one room and we stop and walk in there. It's a goddamn television and movie props department to learn how to make props and costumes 
for television and movies. And they got cooler robots that they're programming in the background. One of them looks like the skeleton from the uh, the skeletal remains of the one bird-looking thing on Mystery Science Theater 3000 that had the mm-hmm. bowling pin beak. It's over there moving. They got a baby Yoda over there moving that they made. The teacher took his old Xbox, and they turned them into console arcades, and they made them, and all this cool shit. And, they're... and so... The first thing we see is a class that learns how to do video games and 3D printing. The second one is where you go to learn how to make costumes and props and backgrounds and robotics. <laughs> and uh, she's not interested in that. Um, okay, cool. Holy hell. We go upstairs. Pleasure cinders completely burn out. We go upstairs to the newsroom, much like we had in Griff City High School. Obviously, it was rudimentary back then. It was just a VHS camera and a, and a news desk. And we sit down with the teacher who used to work at NBC, uh, ABC Wink affiliate here for 12 years as their program director. And he's talking about how he teaches the, you know, the seniors are the executive producers and they teach the juniors. So when they retire, he basically has the morning news meeting and then steps aside and the kids run the movies. They do all the film editing. And I'm th- so he and, does a producer role. And we're sitting in there and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking Nuggets is probably the only kid in this classroom who has a video audio production booth in her fucking house. And so he does the orientation. Like, okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna go check out the newsroom, huh? I said, I bet not. <laughs> and so he's like, we're gonna go check out the newsroom. She's like, I'm not interested in this. And we walk out. Didn't even get a chance to tour the fucking to see the video cameras, the backdrops, all the video editing equipment. She had no interest in that. Where's the gymnasium? Where's the cafeteria? And she's like, do they have any culinary classes? I was like, I didn't, I didn't see anything for that. But as of right now, she wants to go, but she's only interested in the stuff that you can go to any regular run-of-the-mill high school for. You know, your basic math, history, science. And I'm just like, Carrie and I are both looking at each other like, I wish I could go to this fucking school. I mean, it's literally the whole, it's regular high school, and then all their electives are basically, all their electives are basically arts, music, technology. Like This is like the place you would want to go. Did you do the exaggerated rom-com dad in a situation like this and say, this is stuff that I would only dream of? Oh, Carrie, too. Carrie's taking pictures of the place, and it's a beautiful place. You know, know the problem is. They got a pool for the swim team. Um, The problem is. All the clubs are set up like college. Hold on. Um, And this and that, I got to say. You guys are way too excited about it. Well, no. The thing that lies the rub. No, the rub was that her friend from school was there a friend that she had just seen two and a half hours prior at middle school. And so the, through the entire orientation, she's just texting, where are you at? Where are you at? And then as soon as we walk out to the tour, hey, I need to go over to the media center to find so-and-so. And so instead of actually wanting the tour, she wanted to hang out with the kid that she's been hanging out with at fucking school all day at middle school. It's like, well, open enrollment's in January. You need to know what you want to take. And once again, with, with open selection you know the school only has so many slots so if you don't get your shit together and say what you want to do there's a good chance you can't even get into this place and uh but so it's she, a gold mine kid she was so distracted with what her friend was doing and we walked around with her friend and her friend's mom but that's when we were touring the gymnasium and cafeteria <laughs> just like oh my god all this where am i going to find myself at the most in this school the like, gymnasium and the cafeteria and, and it's like they got so much cool <clears throat> shit there that would so keep me interested in high school and all that stuff and, and it's just like no yeah 
but no. That's why I like tech school. I was really, I was really going. I was like, oh, I want to go see their video production room. I want to see their production room. We go sit through the little preview, and as you, she goes, I'm not. I don't want to do this. I'm like, what are you talking about? Carrie's like, you have no interest. She's like, I don't want to be a reporter. She, we're like, no, it's not. It's not just being a reporter. It's what goes on behind the scenes. The I said, kind of like we do at the house, the audio editing, the video editing, all that stuff. No, Carrie's like, you say you you're interested in YouTube. No. And it's like, okay, well, Sarah loves to sing. She's a great singer. She sung at oh, Melody's yeah. funeral. She's still singing? I Maybe I might sign up for the choir. It's like, <laughs> it's like okay. Well, um, instead of taking up a spot at this art school, well, let's leave it open for somebody who wants what that spot. What does one do to excite a child for something like this? Well, a child who's sitting across from me playing Xbox right now who wants to spend every waking hour playing video games, you thought she'd be rip shit stoked to maybe take a class learning how to play, make video games. So I want you to think back, and it's on the same subject. As a guy who grew up as a child who played an ass load of video games, did you ever imagine yourself being mad about having a child that plays an ass load of video games? No. To be honest with you, it's not even the video games. The video games and the console is a vehicle for her to talk to boys. And that's where the problem lies. I won't get into it, but there's been many issues to the point where I was like, well, you can play Xbox, you just can't have a headset. No, I don't want to play. So, but anyhow... Hmm. You know, as a kid, I remember I used to be a decent drawler, and Dad wanted me to go to Columbus College of Arts and Design to CCSD. further. But it was going to be the summer classes. So uh, you're telling me that after I finish the school year, I got to get up at six in the morning and go to art classes every day? No and thanks. For those of you who I want a skateboard. <laughs> and those of you who's following along, Don's not exactly a morning person. Well, and the fact that imagine what I could hypothetically possibly have been doing or even doing what i'm doing now but with a degree from columbus college of arts and design in my background i could definitely gone down a different path but i want to sleep in and go skateboarding he is so not a morning person i'll call him at 9 a.m pacific standard time which is three hours behind him, and he's still wiping duck shit out of his eyes. But you're also sending me TikToks at one in the morning my time, so how much sleep do I actually get? <laughs> it's like... Well, that's <laughs> because there was years that you'd stay up to one to two in the morning every I night. I know, but so. here, here's the thing. I have a Garmin on, the same one you have on. Yep. And so... If you send them to me through TikTok, it don't matter. I got all my notifications turned off. But when you send them through text message, not only does my phone rattle on my end table, but then my watch vibrates. And if I'm sleeping facing towards carrying my hands near her head, then it vibrates, wakes her up. Who's texting you at one in the morning? Because <laughs> she's such so, a light. You know, I'm looking at, t- I'm she's, looking at TikTok. She's such like, a I light. share this with Dawn. She's such now, a light. Seriously, though, she's such a light sleeper. She goes to bed at 10. She, the, the sound of my garment vibrating in a quiet room will wake her up. And she's like, who's texting you? I'm like, it's Gordon. He's sending me TikToks. <laughs> well, I'm like, okay, so I've got a choice to make. Do I do it the nice way? And, and Which I have been sending it through more to the app. But I'm such or an asshole. I, but do I be a dick and fuck with him and send it on his phone? But see, it's it's six of it's six of one, half does the other. Because if you don't send it to me on my phone, I go to TikTok. I'm like, ooh, I got four messages in my inbox. <laughs> and she's sending me TikTok. It's like, motherfucker. <laughs> so you, oh, there's, man, there's no winning. Here's the gift that keeps on giving from somebody who likes to pick on his brother. There's no um, way. Um, we're <laughs> going to kick off a quick new segment. Uh, Uh-oh. New segment. Yeah. Uh, 
See, I have notes, and I put where my sounders are, and then I still don't find them. So here's a new segment we're going to kick off tonight. Kick off tonight. And now, words of wisdom from the ranch. But that's not why we're here. You don't say. We're here protesting the existence of a state-sponsored police force that protects industrialized animal farming and the mass murder of millions of animals every year. Ever plow field summer to plant the quinoa or sorghum or whatever the hell it is you eat? You kill everything on the ground and under it. You kill every snake, every frog, every mouse, mole, bull, worm. Well, you kill them all. So I guess the only real question is, how cute does an animal have to be before you care if it dies to feed you? And this has been Words of Wisdom from the Ranch. Sadly, that clip is not clean on YouTube, so I actually had to steal that from somebody who recorded it off their TV on TikTok because I actually tried to find it because that's you know you can hear the background noise, but there was not a clean version of that. But that's such a good point for all the vegans out there. I don't eat food. I had a life yesterday. To which he said, have you ever plowed a field? Have you ever grown your own food? Even more than that, those mice and get all chopped up and end up right in there. Mm -hmm. Rabbits, you name it, they get in that feed. Tell me about the rabbits, Bebop. Tell me about the rabbits, Bailey. (laughs) So how is the rabbit situation going? Has it finally gone away? The rabbits have been exterminated. There are no more rabbits. She has done her job that she's bred to do. Well, the problem is, too, is Carrie started this thing with her about two weeks ago called Nighttime Gremlin. And so when it gets dark in the room, Bebop gets a wild hair up her ass, and then Carrie says, ooh, the gremlin's coming out. And that's when Bailey just starts wrestling your hand and biting your feet through the blankets. And so she just, every night she just gets a wild hair and starts running around and wanting to, she's seriously, I, I, she seriously needs a goddamn play friend because she wants to wrestle and play so much. You take her for walks at all? Um, I, yeah. Sarah, I'll take her on. Like I, eight I, daily walks. No, I don't. I need to. Actually, I need. When she was little, I'd take her running with me. Um, I need I I need to take her running for like a mile, and then I'll drop her off, and then I'll go run another two miles. I need to start I doing that. she's sensitive about her weight. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what she's sensitive about? You cannot say P-U in front of her. This is because she is a Boston beanbag, right? Because when we first got her, and when you get a dog from a pet store, they have them on po- Peppy Peppy. Puppy appropriate diets, and when we and their stomachs are learning, and they got short food. noses. And Boston's and Frenchies are known for their farts, and we weren't aware of this. And the first night we got her, she farted so much that our room stunk so bad. We had to light scented candles, and just from us saying, "Oh, pu, Bailey." Now, if you say pu, she gets up and hides under the bed. So we, you cannot say pu around her because she's oh, so sensitive about it. It's a trigger, huh? Yeah. So when she farts, I just gotta go. <clears throat> Well, I was walking Oliver this weekend, and a guy comes up, and he's got a what looks like a Boston, kind of that tuxedo look, like um, Bailey has. So, hey, Boston, he goes, yeah, and half Frenchy. I was like, oh it's boy, Frenchton. you got both in one. That's yeah, called a Frenchton. He goes, I got to walk him a lot because he's got the Frenchie in him. <laughs> yeah. The Frenchies are vocal and very, very, they get zoomies more than Bailey does. Bailey doesn't really get zoomies so much. What happens is the cat will get under the bed. She'll want to play with it. And so she'll run around the bed back and forth trying to get the cat to come out and play with it. 
Every Frenchie that I've seen at the dog park that played with Oliver, which Oliver's no longer allowed at the dog park. That sucks. Um, sounds like a 500-pound man knows. It sounds like they're going to fucking have a heart attack any second. Bailey hates when you mock her. When she gets excited, she gets the... And so you look at her and you go... And so she, starts, she starts getting pissed off and barking at you. Well, believe it or not, um, Oliver does make a lot of little snorts and noises. It's, it's it's great because he doesn't have a short snout like her. he's kind of a medium snout mm-hmm. between uh, between a fool and, and that. So he still gets a little snorty. It's it's great, you know. It's like a pig rooting in fucking <laughs> truffles, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's it's awesome. So uh, what else is going on there in uh, southwestern Florida? Oh, it's just super. Super um, heavy snowbirds, bad traffic. Try to talk to the heavy equipment operator across the street. This fucking guy. Oh, he's um, a heavy so they're building a house. Number one. Yeah, well, they're building a Buy house. Buy him a case of beer. No, and fuck get that whatever guy. The fuck you want. He works late. He, that guy works in construction. He was out there working when I got home, but he's the guy who basically dug the trench for the septic tank in the drain field now when that was going on he was renting a miniature front loader uh-huh digging the hole and out there at night and he'd move some dirt around i noticed that the i have one of those one step or step one plastic mailboxes it kind of reminds you of a kid's toy you know like my first mailbox yeah it has the front and the rear door on it so that or if, or it, a uh or a Frontier Airline uh, plane seat. Yeah, so it, it has the rear door so that if you're lucky enough to have the mailbox on your side of the street, you can just open the rear of it. But it's, hey. it's on my opposite side, so I don't ha- I have access. Is it thick enough that you could fill it with concrete so if some teenager happens by to whack it, he basically breaks his arm? Interestingly enough, this is the mailbox that was donated to me by a listener after my neighbor ran over my other one. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you had a donated mailbox. Yeah, it was when I still worked at Stan Haney. A guy brought a... A um, one from his company had one that they never opened. It was, I guess they maybe bought one or two because they didn't sell what kind of mailbox they wanted and it was in the warehouse. Yeah. And so he dropped it off, but it was one of those step one, my first mailboxes. And I noticed that the rear door was open on it. Uh-huh. And there's a big old mound of dirt from where he's put. The fucking guy hit my mailbox with the fucking rent-a-front loader, but it wasn't a big deal. He just kind of broke, bust a little hole in the rear door, and you could see dirt all over the side of it. And so I didn't say, I was like, fuck it, whatever. I didn't say anything to him. Now, yes. does he leave his trenches open, or does he tape everything off when he's done? <laughs> no, they're open. The neighbor's kids are throwing dirt clods in there. <laughs> so, you know, if you really I, wanted to be a dick. And so I'm talking to Carrie yesterday, and she, had, she took the day off because she had a, a Zoom meeting with the admins at nuggets current school um asking him why she's getting such good grades when she doesn't do her work see when you actually have a t- teacher for a parent it's the actual opposite it's not why- to sound like a rat but i am ratting on my own child to well, figure this one out well once again she's in eighth grade getting ready to go to high school where you have to be more independent and we don't want her to get her teeth kicked in because she's getting hand fucking grades she don't deserve right and when you have a school, when you, usually it's the other way around. Why are my kids getting bad grades? No, your parents are teachers. Why the fuck you give my kids such good grades? I've seen her work. <laughs> no. But anyhow, so she had to take a day off, and then she also had a dentist appointment at 3. And so I'm on the phone with her. She's pulling out of the driveway. I didn't know she was pulling out the driveway. I thought she was down the street. She's like honking the horn saying, hey, watch it the fuck out. And honked the horn. I'm like, what's going on? Somebody running red light? She's like, no. 
the asshole across the street. She's pulling down the driveway, and now he's in a big ass bobcat, grading the fucking driveway, and he's backing out into the street as she's backing on coming down the driveway. Almost hits her. She honks the horn, and he keeps backing up. He, he can't hear. He has no situational awareness. He's not using his rearview mirrors when backing out into the street. No one's spotting for him. And so I come home, and she's still gone. And I now you're in confrontation mode. I park in the driveway, and I walk out, and I stand in the middle of the street. I would have drove right into his freshly graded fucking driveway and peeled the fuck out. Well, now now he's down covering up the um, drain field. He's now driving that too. <laughs> and so I'm standing there, and I'm watching, I'm looking, and, and his young son or apprentice, whoever, kid's like 18, everything all right? I said, no. What's wrong? I said, your equipment operator has no situational awareness. I said, one, you guys already hit my damn mailbox, which I was fine with. I said, but two, today he almost hit my wife's car twice as she's pulling out of the damn driveway. Oh, that was me. Oh, uh, 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 and he walked away. And I stood there for, I stood out in Middle Street for 15 minutes. He did not stop that fucking thing or get out or nothing. Because uh, the kid walked over, I think, said something to him, but he would not get all that equipment to come talk to so me. The, not oh, so much Jesus as a Christ, that tall motherfucker's got a storm cloud over his head. And I got three cameras on the outside of my house, so it's not like I can't prove it. I got it on fucking now, video. is this a guy building it for himself, or does he work for a company? No, he's a con. I got the phone number off the side all of his right. truck on my phone, but I just haven't feel like going full Karen mode and calling in. I just want to say, hey, man, I understand you're busy. You're trying to get the shit done, but you, when you're backing out into a street... You gotta have situational awareness, man. You gotta look backwards when it's backing out. Yeah, it's all part of the safety. Especially when you're backing out exactly perpendicular with another driveway. But dude, anyhow. this isn't a abandoned road where you're the only one on it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, you know, sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta I'm do. I'm looking for my other um my TikTok lesson of the week I pulled. Oh, you got one. That's good. Uh, Yeah, well, it'd be good if I knew where the hell I put it. So now that you've organized your board. There it is. is. (laughs) Well, no, um, as we know, a while back, my one board crashed, and so I had to to go and re-record the Netflix sounder because I couldn't find it. But anyhow. And now for the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. I just waited for someone to come and test me. No one came to test me. The next people who rocked up at my house were... Two other police officers, they blocked my so driveway. These are, these are actually uniformed police officers, normal yep. police officers. Yeah. So then the police officers blocked my driveway. I walked out and I said, what's going on? Are you guys testing me for COVID? What's happening? They said, no, you're getting taken away and you have no choice. You're going to Howard Springs. Um, you either come with us now um, and we'll put you in the back of the Divi van So or... You can have a choice to get a COVID cab. So, of course, I chose the COVID cab because they said, well, if we're to take you, we're going to um, hand you a $5,000 fine. So, of course, I didn't want that to happen. So I just said, look, I don't consent to this. I don't I don't understand why I can't just self-isolate at home like a lot of other people are doing. Um, and they just said, we've just been told from higher up where to take you, and that's all that there is. And this has been the What's in Your Head podcast TikTok lesson of the week. What's up, John Craft? Now, obviously, that's from TikTok, so we don't know the whole story. I'm assuming she got tested positive for COVID. Holy fuck. And so instead of going home and isolating, as she suggested, why can't I do? The fucking Australian police came and said, either 
you call a COVID cab, which I guess is maybe a, a quarantined ambulance or some sort of whatever to take them to the COVID lockup for quarantine for 17, 18 days, or they would take her and then charge her $5,000 for, for the, the ride. So in Australia now, at least what it seems as we're hearing coming out of there, they're so fucking militant with this shit that they're literally sending people to fucking quarantine camps. But there's so Australia done fucked up. Well, here's the question I have, and this is even more thoroughly brought forth with this fucking cruise ship that was heading to Louisiana. Did you hear about that? No. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, because maybe you live in Florida and you don't keep up on COVID policies because we live in a free state and we don't barely wear a mask, um, you cannot fly into Australia or leave Australia unless you have vaccinations. And when you get back, you have to quarantine for X amount of days. So one might ask if everybody who leaves or comes in has to be vaccinated, how are they getting this new variant? Well, you could argue just natural mutation. Okay, fine. But in a smaller control group, in order to get on a cruise ship, everyone, including the staff, has to be vaccinated tested before you get on the ship so remember when it used to be one or the other now it's both you have to be i like Mm. with the cruise ships i don't know about australia but i I believe the cruise ships you actually have to be tested within 72 hours from getting on the boat well what's worse is now flying into the united states vaccine or not it's 24 hours but here this this cruise ship that was coming back to louisiana had three thousand people who tested positive with the with the new omnivariant so it looks if, like we got ourselves if, an automatic floating camp. But if everybody who gets on the boat has to be vaccinated plus tested and the vaccinations work, then how did 3,000 people come down? Now, you could say, well, maybe people were getting online fake cards to prove that they had vaccinations when they didn't. Okay. Sound may or may not happen, okay. But once again, everybody got tested before they got on the boat. Are you saying 3,000 people lied? Because even no. if even if 20 people lied, if the, the rest of the people had the vaccinations, how the fuck did they get it? So it's just the, the, there's just some weird control groups bouncing around out there that's kind of proven that maybe the vaccinations aren't what they all been pointed out to be, no pun intended. Well, there's an ID app that you actually use now um and and i know you have to have it to get into allegiant stadium here yes allegiant the world's worst airline or one of them is the name of the stadium Hmm. but that's you know neither here nor there and there's a couple of uh things that you basically got to prove and then it's actually all digital so it's it's interesting um i never thought in my life that 20 months ago we would still be seeing this. And the fact that not to sound like a conspiracy theorist, because now some of these conspiracies seem to be coming true, that the slippery slope has escalated to the point of, hey, now you got to wear a mask. You don't wear a mask, you wear a mask. Now you got to get vaccinated. If you don't get vaccinated, you got to get a a test ahead of time. Oh, now if you're vaccinated, you also got to get a test. It just seems to me like the whole uh, thing is getting worse. Even Fauci has come out. Well, right now it looks like Omicron, we'll just call it the Decepticon variant, um, is 
very mild. That there's been no deaths associated or attributed to it. It just seems which, to me, if you listen to any virologists, viral. they'll say the way viruses work is they actually will get more contagious, contagious, but they will get less deadly because they don't want to kill the host; they want to live. Yeah, exactly. And what I was going to say to me, it seems like we're at the point now where it's almost like this has nothing to do with COVID. This is just people won't want a power grab. Now you take this shit going on and you couple it with what the fuck's going on in the Ukraine. Don't mm-hmm. know how that meeting went today. Doesn't sound like a well. I bet I could what's guess. Going, what's going on in Taiwan and China. And now Japan, who's got one of the best mili- uh, militaries in the world, wants to actually increase it. Oh, yeah. And by the way, uh, China's already, you know, saying no more feminine men. They, they're passing policies to make sure their men are masculine and tough. They're, Which is going to stomp over our fucking way of living if we ain't careful, uh-huh. because our our dudes are becoming chicks, and apparently chicks are not the only ones who can have abortions now, according to some brilliant-minded people out there. Uh, we, I feel like there's, God, I hate to say this, two groups of people out there that are, are watching life, going through life, like two people watching two different movies. Like, literally, you know, I'm trying this to... person here and this person there, they're watching the same thing, but they come out like they watch two completely different movies. I'm trying to find this clip. Okay, so we know that Biden's a babbling buffoon. And um, you're talking about President Poopy Pants? Yes. How dare you? And okay. well, one of the bills, the Build Back Better plan that they're trying to pass. It was so cobbled and fucked up that right now they can't legally pass it except for unless they have like three quarters percent vote because of what the bird policy, uh, bird named after a politician or the bird plan. And apparently this, there's so many articles in this bill that doesn't pass the bird plan that they have to do what they call the bird bath, which is to back things up and change it and basically clean it up a little bit so it meets the guidelines of the bill so it doesn't. Um, it doesn't disrupt the bird policy or it meets the standards, basically. Plus, so, there's at <clears> least two Democratic senators, I believe, that are against it right now. But what I'm, and I'm trying to find a clip, and of course, I'm sure YouTube, I'll probably have to go duck, duck, go to find it. But they're playing a clip of Nancy Pelosi trying to explain the bird policy and the bird bath. And it is the most jumbled, incoherent. It makes fucking Biden look like goddamn Albert Einstein. And it's did, like, did, if you're watching you this. If you're watching this from Russia or North Korea and you do a side-by-side between fucking Biden and Nancy Pelosi, you're like, did the Americans... We're afraid of this? Like, (laughs) did the Americans go down to the local fucking retirement village, go to the Alzheimer ward and get a husband and wife and put them in fucking office? It is the most embarrassing shit. It's insane. I'm trying to find a a, She had a major major senior moment. It was was fucking ridiculous. What sucks and something we got to consider is... Because of this, there's going to be certain people on the left, especially mm-hmm. the young people, are going to say, look, this is what we got. It's making us look – this is another reason we need more young people in that have this – have our mentality. We don't want to talk about the right because they're all Trumpsters. You know, everybody is associated with Trump, and you and I don't like them. You know, there are a, a huge section of the conservatives or Republicans okay, or this is a- you don't like him. I found a video of a TikToker who often lip syncs to Nancy Pelosi. And, and once again, when I went to Google and typed in 
Nancy Pelosi birdbath speech, nothing came up. Went to DuckDuckGo and typed the Nancy Pelosi birdbath and said speech, and it brought me to... This should be the audio that someone's lip-syncing to, and this is the actual audio from the Nancy Pelosi thing. And let me just unmute my Chrome. Here we go. So we are getting some bird and privilege. I think, I think most of them are getting privilege scrub because privilege scrub is deadless to a bill. Bird is important. It's, you have to take it out. But privilege violation can take you out. So, so we're, again, getting that as we go along as well. But when we pass a bill, then they will f- see it in its aggregate and make uh, some... Any concerns that any of this is, quote, messaging because that they have to take some of those things out regardless, no matter what you sent over? You said you weren't going to send a, a messaging bill. No, no, we're not sending a messaging bill, but we uh, want to be sure that what we send is not birdable or bird bath or privilege scrub. They're the two. Um, she sounds like somebody who's actually not even familiar with that policy. And this is the fucking speaker of the fucking. Now do you see what I mean when I, I said if well, you. Well, she is a. And, and I'm going to play devil's advocate. She's a congresswoman and not a senator. But so, she has a high rank. She controls a I get lot. it. Yeah, I get it. But you know, she's right. the face of the Democratic side, with the exception of AOC. But my point is, like I said earlier, if you're from China, North Korea, Russia, anywhere, and you look at her and Biden, and you hear these two, you're like, this we could roll over top they these have people. To offer. We could easily this just is roll the best it. that country has. They're elected to high officials. We got this. I think most of are getting privileged. Well, I mean, that's a minute and a half of just pure what the fuck. <laughs> It's just insanity, but let's get off the politics. What do you know about the DeLorean? It was shiny. It was made of stainless steel. And there was uh, one in Rickenbacker that we used to see. It was actually slow, and Mr. DeLorean was in trouble for for cocaine. And there was one that was parked in a... In, at an old base complex that was for businesses at Rickenbacker for a long time. We'd go drive by it, mm-hmm. or ride our bikes by it. I don't know if you're aware of this, Scudder, but there actually was music. Shit, God. Even when I try to make this show seem like we know what the fuck we're doing. My dad's probably the largest guy in life that I've ever met. It's a very bizarre experience for me to see that car. I see it, and I just wish I had, like, a hand grenade and just toss it in the thing. DeLorean was the biggest name in the American motor industry. Who was this maverick? who was going to make this dream car. This is going to be a very successful project. He was irreverent. John was like a rock star. The word charisma was almost invented for John. As I said, I'm just an engineer who builds cars. I don't understand these things. The British government is committed to John DeLorean and his company to the tune of £84 million. This was his dream. Well, everything seemed to be going so well for him. You see this whole other side to John DeLorean. Everything in John's life was motivated by status and money. The British government were desperate for investments. John DeLorean was desperate. 
the money. Tell them, I said, John, I think you're making a mistake. You're taking monies out of the company. It's going to come out at some point in time. Everything was falling apart. He made promises that he couldn't keep. He is a desperate guy trying to do everything to keep this company afloat. He impressed me as being somebody who was going to crash. He said, I have made millions and lost millions, and half the fun is getting it all back. That night in New York changed my life forever. And that's when the sweater just started unraveling. You couldn't tell my father what to do. If John could get away with something, he would. Hi, David. How are you? Oh, everything's perfect. Myth and Mogul, the John DeLorean story. Documentary now streaming on Netflix. Very good watch. Um, Is it? Only thing I knew about DeLorean was that he made the car. I wasn't aware he was one of the. He was the youngest automotive executive at GM back in the day, uh, in the sixties and set. He was. He was. A prodigy. He was the brainchild behind the GTO. It's so funny. They considered the GTO chassis a sub, basically a compact car because obviously all the cars predecessor to that were huge fucking boats. Remember that green GTO next to us at uh, Steeplechase? Mm-hmm. He basically said, hey, let's get our smallest compact car and put the biggest engine in it and make it affordable for young high school kids. He was the brainchild behind that, and he, he pretty much started the motorhead, uh, gearhead, um, I don't want to say subculture, but he basically made it where a high school kid can go out and buy a muscle car. He was basically the brains behind the '70s muscle car trend, and um, and that that's where it really blew up. And so he made all this money. He flew out to Hollywood. He's getting plastic surgery. He's and it's so funny. They're showing him. He grew up in Detroit of a poor father. Uh, he when he started working at GM, he was all pencil necked up and had a weird haircut. And as he got richer and richer and more and more famous he he as they say in the documentary he went hollywood got the plastic surgery got the better chin line in the 60s and 70s got rid of the pencil neck uh because he was he actually graduated high school in 1947 or 46 so he just missed world war ii and um and so basically he got tired of being you know um second fiddle at gm even though he was like their playboy and when the oil shortage happened and the gas prices started going through the roof that's when he saw the writing on the wall and he said i'm going to make and what people don't realize is we think uh certain people are crazy with environmental policies now they were really kicking that shit off in the 70s during the oil crisis and so his whole thing was i'm going to make an affordable uh, energy efficient environmental friendly car and I'm going to use stainless steel so that the chassis lasts 25 years with no rust. Too bad the motor won't. And so he started designing. He, he, he started selling these things before he even had them. Before he, he only had like two. Oh, kind of like Elon Musk with the Teslas. Yeah, he only had two prototypes. And the funny thing is before, they were, before it was the DeLorean Motor Company, they actually had a different abbreviation on the front grill. And he brought in a couple of engineers from GM. And they, they really designed the damn thing. And what he did is he he basically went around because he used his Hollywood status and his pimp mo his pimp mogulness and went to a car show with one of his prototypes and he essentially got like three hundred dealers around the country to allegedly commit to thirty five 
cars a piece. And so he was able to go around saying, okay, I got a commitment, you know, for 35,000 of these units going to be pushed. And he went to Detroit, tried to get some government supplemented and tax breaks and this and that. No luck. No, You know where the DeLorean was built? Go ahead. Belfast, Ireland. During the height of the IRA fucking civil war. And so they're going to Texas and they're going to all these places and no one would sign off on, you know, give them a tax break, helping supplement and building the factories, this and that. Belfast is in the middle of the civil war between the Protestants and the, um, what was the other, uh, help me out here. That's your realm. Uh, the other side of the whole thing they got going on, car bombs blowing up in the street, people getting shot. You got the Irish army laying down in the streets with guns, setting up checkpoints. The shit's just going off insane. And, uh, the British government basically said, Hey, we want to provide jobs in Northern Belfast and we really want to help maybe, tamper things down because unemployment was through the roof. No one had jobs there. Fucking everything. Inflation was going crazy. There's civil war going on. People dying in the streets. And so the British government gives DeLorean $40 million in 1983 money. They built him a plant and it was like the, speaking of Tesla, it was the most advanced plant of its time. More advanced what GM had going on. They had the robotic, you know, robots, Remote controlled, moving chassis around, and everything's. And long story short, um, they start pumping out these units, and no one was buying them. And they were sitting on top there. They have all these DeLoreans sitting out in the back, and he's losing his ass. And unlike the American government, the British government said, "You know, we have a policy where we don't continue to throw good money after bad. <laughs> We've already invested in this plant." Things are struggling. This product's not moving. We're not going to hook you up. We're not going to help you out. So now he needs money. He's going around trying to get investors, and he's trying to raise another $10 million so he don't have to lay people off. And And the guy was kind of a swindler since day one. They go back to his high school days and, and all the crazy shit he got into. Well, apparently his next-door neighbor... Um, was a long time, like 25, 30 year snitch for the um, FBI. And he had a relationship with somebody in the cocaine trafficking industry. Imagine that. Now, John DeLorean was by no means a drug kingpin or anything. John DeLorean was just talking to his neighbor one day about his financial woes because he's lived next to this guy for like fucking 10 years. And the guy said, hey, I can help you out. I know a guy... We can get a couple of pounds of Coke or a couple of kilos of Coke. Sorry, I don't move Coke. I don't know what they're weighing in. And as you guys know, in the 80s, it's, Coke was everywhere, right? That was the party drug. And he's like, you know, I could easily, for a small investment, we can, we can come up with that $10 million easily. And John's, you know, he's fucking hemorrhaging money. He's got all these people in Belfast he's going to have to lay off. He needs money. And he says, fuck it. Let's give it a shot. This guy directly turns around, calls up the FBI, says, hey, <laughs> I got John DeLorean here who's just agreed to buy a bunch of Coke to move. And it kind of was a setup if you think about it, right? Yep. You know, he wasn't moving drugs. He wasn't a kingpin. He was just offered the opportunity to make a quick $10 million. And so the FBI got involved. They got somebody to deliver the Coke at the Sheraton Hotel on the property of LAX. 
They set up some cameras. John's sitting in there, and they pull out the Coke. And said, well, here's a quick $10 million. And they all cheer each other. And as you heard at the end of the clip, the FBI walks in and says, you're fucked, Chuck. And that's when it all came tumbling down. And that's what the media and those John DeLorean basically went down to history as people assuming he was like this drug smuggler. He had <clears throat> cocaine in his possession for like literally a minute and a half. <laughs> Never he left the hotel room. He may have touched it once just to look inside the briefcase. So he was by, and it's so sad. They're showing video footage of him in like 2008. He was making money selling watches on the internet. And then they had him at some like DeLorean fanboy club in Cleveland, Ohio, where he's announcing where they're going to bring the DeLorean back and then ends up dying broke as fuck, living in like a ranch house. Meanwhile, he used to have five or six multi-million dollar houses. He had a, it was just, it's a very good watch. Um, Can you do share screen real quick? I'll show you something. This is on this story. It's a very good watch. And, um, as we've said on here before, you know, the, the key to a good documentary is the ability to gain someone's interest, even if it's a topic that they didn't previously have interest in. You should be good to go. Now, the question is, will we still have video after it's done? DeLorean DMC-12 rises like the Phoenix as the Gallween DeLorean 2021. DC Lorian. You know, yes, yeah, the iconic DeLorean DMC-12 will rise like a Phoenix in 2021. The only thing... That's skeptical. We don't know what it's actually going to look like. Uh, we will have a, a nostalgic old school design. Will it have that or will it be something futuristic? But I went to their their uh, website and we'll stop share. Hopefully we still got video. Um, I went to their website and uh, it's $100,000 for pre-order. Yeah, but it's probably like the Indian motorcycle where someone else brought out the name. Because as you heard, that was his son in the opening talking about how he wishes he could just throw a grenade. Well, it's kind of interesting. Now that you got this doc out, I think it's going to generate some interest, mm-hmm. right? It's all going to be part of marketing. Kind of like what people don't realize with everything that's going on with in the world with the, the actual separation of uh, our views and, and the polarization. That's actually all designed to make money. Um, and who knows? Maybe now that people realize he wasn't like some cocaine kingpin, then he only had coke in his possession for yeah, two Yeah, because it put minutes. him in a more positive light, right? I mean, yeah, not a hundred percent, but it wasn't as big of a shit bag as people. Well, he was a little bit of a shit bag because they interviewed a guy who basically created the first intercooling system on cars, basically mm-hmm. the, what we know now as the modern radiator system. Because in the seventies, cars were overheating really bad because their radiators weren't quite. And he went to GM, and they weren't interested in. Um, buying his patent and he found out that GM and Ford and all them started producing their own version based off of what they saw his patent. So he contacted DeLorean. DeLorean went in business with him, quote unquote, bought the patent and then basically fucking firebombed the whole thing. And at the end of the day, basically said, okay, the guys, I want my patent back. He's like, okay, pay me like $5 million. So basically bought the patent, destroyed the thing. And then blackmailed the guy to sell it back to him like at an overinflated price and the guy basically went out of business even though what we have on our cars nowadays as far cooling is basically what he invented back in the day and uh because john delorean got involved with him and never went anywhere oh and from john Kraft, one of my best friends and i changed a heater core in one those were never meant to come apart thankfully i'm a small flexible dude i can imagine yeah they were showing uh these things being built and all that stuff and from day one, like they were having problems with everything on him, just because like even this. though he was from GM and he brought over some of these high end engineers, it's just when you're 
you know, it's reinventing the wheel. At that well, yeah, because when you're not a GM or a Ford, you don't have a hundred years worth of prior models to, okay, we're just going to take the LS five and turn it to the LS six. You know, now he has to design his own engine blocks and everything from the ground up. And what you're like, they said in a documentary, what took Ford Dodge GM, like what, what took them years to perfect John DeLorean tried to do it in two years. He had two years to build his plant and get 35,000 cars off the fucking assembly line. And the problem they had, too, is when they started rolling them out and they would show up at the fucking DeLorean dealerships or the car dealerships, people would get in them and couldn't get out because the door lock mechanisms on the Gullwing doors would fail. And so then they would have to pry them out of there and then have engineers from DeLorean America come and re-fix re all the door lock mechanisms. So like even when they're rolling these things out, they had no quality control department. They are coming right off the line from Belfast and going out into the uh, stores, and they weren't even complete. The whole thing is just so a the, shit show. The engine that ended up in it eventually was a fuel-injected V6 PRV engine, which was a... Peugeot Renault Volvo. There you go. So they ended up with that. Now the world's fastest DeLorean currently has a um, electric engine. I'm sure. No, it's actually a Kia engine. <laughs> a 630 horsepower Kia V6. I saw this great TikTok, and the guy's serious. He showed his business license. He does like heavy equipment, and he's mm -hmm. like, "I'm officially launching." And he actually got the name. He's like, I can't believe no one owned the copyright on this name. He's like, we're officially launching Edison Motors. And just like Thomas Edison, we're going to steal other people's quality ideas. And he's basically making electric hybrid um, heavy equipment, like <laughs> semis and shit, under the title of Edison Motors. And he's like, yeah, we're just going to take other people's ideas and try to improve on them, just like Edison would. Wait, wait. Isn't that called Hyundai? No, Yeah. But the joke was Tesla, you know, Edison know. always still Tesla. No, I, I get the idea, and that's yeah. absolutely Well, you know, you and I have an ongoing Just joke. Just make sure he doesn't have to shock a electrocute an elephant in the process. Tipsy. Tipsy the elephant. Um, Gordon and I have an ongoing joke that Hyundai makes cars that look like cars you can't afford. So if you want something well, that looks like a Jetta. Well, that was part of their advertising campaign in the early 2000s. If you want something that looks like a Jetta, they had one. They had a car that looked like the Sobs when the Sobs had the super long hoods on them. And so, yeah, I was like, oh, you can't afford a... Facade, we got one that looks like it. This is quite literally a Korean knockoff. But yeah. while we're on the topic of cars, <laughs> this is fun, and Tesla for that matter. DMV flunked student driver for using Tesla's Regen brakes. Oh, I'm sorry, Regen brakes. Regen brakes, yeah. A California Department of Motor Vehicles examiner chose to fail a 16-year-old student driver attempting to acquire his driver's license after the student used the Tesla Model 3's regenerative braking system on the driving portion of the test. According to CBS San Francisco Bay Area, the examiner noticed the car's automated braking cap capabilities as soon as the test began. But it wasn't until the very end of that the examiner used it as an excuse for flunking the teen. Instead of getting the examiners, and I don't know if there's a way to disable them, but I, I've driven one before, and it, it, it just feels like engine braking until you apply the brake. Well, Gordon, it's funny you say that, because the student driver, one Bryce Rosenblum, claims the examiner never instructed him to disable the regenerative braking feature on the Model 3, despite being aware of how it would impact the overall score of the test. Based on the report, it appears the examiner's reasoning for the score was that the student didn't physically use his foot and or brake pedal to slow the car down, noting that the applicant did not slow the car, only put the foot on the brake, 
after the car was slowing and stopping on its own. He was using the adaptive cruise control. <laughs> right off the bat, she warned me that the car was slowing down on its own. Like at, at a stop sign, Rosenblum told CBS San Francisco Bay Area. As she told me that, it happened twice before we even left the parking lot. And when we continued on the test, we did everything that the test was supposed to have on it, and then she pulled me over and told me that I failed. I'm going to take the side of the driving examiner on this. And here's why. This kid's 16 years old. Well. Loopholes. The driving test is to prove that you can operate a motor vehicle. Right? Mm -hmm. Who's to say... So what, is this kid going to guarantee he's never going to operate a motor vehicle that's not a Tesla? That from here on out, he only drives Tesla Model 3s? Aha! What if you're a designated driver? That technology will bleed into all other automobiles. In 20 years. What if you're at a party? You're 18, you're 19, you're 20. You have a poor friend whose last name isn't Rosenblum. And you're a stand-up guy, and you decide to be the designated driver. Hey, wait a driver. second. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. So people named Rosenblum are automatically wealthy? He did it again. Caused trouble. Hurt someone's feelings. Yet he didn't want to do it. Yes, troublesome people are often people in trouble. This they may be mentally sir. ill. Asshole. Find out Major how asshole. you can help. Write Better Mental Health, Box 3000, New York 1, New York. Hi, my name is Tom McDonald. Welcome to the show. If you are easily offended, then you probably should go. But as I was so saying, saying that all Jewish people are wealthy, I'm assuming he's Jewish based on his last name. That's racist on your part. Uh, is it? <laughs> but let's say he's not driving a car of someone who has the last name of Rosenblum. Let's say he's being a stand-up guy at college. There's and, half a dreidel floating around in our blood somewhere. And, his, and his poor college buddy's driving a a 2015 Hyundai Sonata. Mm -hmm. And he decides to be the stand-up guy and be the designated driver. But how are we going to know that he can stop the car appropriately on a system that doesn't have a computer that does all the braking for him? So therefore, I'm on the side of the driving test examiner, except for the fact that she should have instructed him to disable the braking system so I got a question. They should make Tesla should make like a driver test mode where it disables all those features. That may may make it actually be like an simulate a standard too. <laughs> How many people would fail if they had to drive a, a stick for a test? I had to. You had to. Mm-hmm. What did you test in? I tested in a minivan. I tested in the S10 that had no power steering. And it was a five-speed. Well, it's funny you say that because that was the truck that I owned when I took my driving test. But for some reason, at some point in time, a young man decided that factory stock steering wheel on a base model Chevy S10, persha! I want a Chevy Camaro steering wheel that me and my asshole buddy will put in, but we won't have a horn. And so one of the things you have to do when taking a driving exam <laughs> in 1996 <laughs> is to honk your horn, turn on your turn signals, prove that all your indicators and safety features work. So what does that mean? That means when your horn doesn't work because someone decided to put on a Camaro steering wheel, I had to take it in a fucking minivan. And then after I got my license, dad and I went out and got the air horn that people throughout Grove City knew me for. And that is why I had an air horn on my S10. You had not an air because, horn on that thing? Yes, sir. Like, I had a like toggle a switch. style? It was more like a King's Island train style. <laughs> it was a little more high-pitched. It wasn't the... 
wah, wah. It was a wah, wah. Uh, me and Tim I, I Stern. I know I still had the factory steering wheel somewhere. I just don't know where to find it. Me and Tim Stern, we both had air horns. He had one in his Suzuki Somersault, and I had one on my S10. That was a pretty famous Somersault in Grove City, too. Yeah. That was a famous somersault. He had two uh, eight-inch subwoofer, ten-inch subwoofers mounted to the side in the rear cab. Um, but yeah, um, that is why I had air horns in my S10, and I had to take a dr- so it was a a benefit and a dis- a, a hindrance because one, it did have power steering, two, it had a horn. But the downside was it was a fucking minivan, and when you learn how to drive... Ah, the gift that keeps on giving. But actually, I was kind of suited, because if you remember when I had my temps, you and I had to drive to Lake Cumberland pulling a wave runner, and so as I'm driving with my temporary license, uh, I'm helping you drive with a trailer. So I learned how to drive an S10, four-speed, stick shift, while pulling a... 1993 Yamaha Wave Runner, no, 1991 Yamaha Wave Runner three, and then I took my license. That in was some of the worst rain I've ever seen. As we were living in Grove City, we had to pull over. And the fact that we were driving an inoperable Wave Runner from Columbus to fucking Lake Cumberland. Yeah, we thought we'd fix it while we were down there. No, Dad thought that you maybe know, there know, would be. We could have fixed it if we realized boat mechanic, it was a goddamn kill switch. Boat mechanic. You know what? I don't blame him for that. Because for anybody living in Grove City, Ohio, if uh, was it yes, no, ask Yamaha on fucking out. Hoover Road. The people who sold it to us couldn't figure people out that whose it was, name brand is on the building. They couldn't figure out that it was a fucking dead kill switch after they had it three days. When Dad called Yamaha and they offered to fly out a specialist on his dime. No one suggested, hey, have you checked the kill switch? Maybe it got makes a short me, in it. Makes me think that those didn't fail very often. When dad took it to his work and had a motorcycle mechanic report the fucking pistons, get rid of the choke oh, and man, put, a K&N, tuned up. put a K&N, put a K&N carburetor with high-end air filter on it, rebuild the engines, all new spark plugs, and still couldn't get it running. That guy didn't check the kill switch. It wasn't until... See, that was, what, 1997? Isn't there a band called Kill Switch Engaged? It wasn't until 2003 when I lived in California a short six and a half years later after it sat underneath the deck of my ex-wife's mother's house that, like I had motor to, still. that I had to fly from California to Kentucky, borrow a truck, drive to Ohio to get no, the... No, this truck had a horn, right? Yes, it was a... Uh, um, I don't remember whose truck it was. Drive to Ohio, get the thing out from under their deck to find that the tires are flat, drive to Walmart, buy two trailer tires, go, swap out the tires, drive this thing to Kentucky, leave it on Ryle Road behind my mom's trailer for a year and a half before my cousin said, hey, what are you going to do with this Wave Runner? I said, you can fucking have it. I will send you the title free because even if I could fit it, after it had been sitting for six years with a rebuilt engine, had the lid popped on it, and his buddy came over, and they were drinking. And they were trying to figure out why this fucking thing wouldn't start. His buddy just so happened to have his hand resting on the kill switch box and got a mild shock. And that's when he realized, hmm, $25 kill switch, and had himself... A $25 wave runner. Albeit a 15-year-old two-cylinder wave runner. But when you have a... (laughs) But, hey, when you get a free wave runner... 
That's a fucking free wave runner. But hey, it's the Ohio River. You're going to hit shit. So you might as yeah. well have an old one. Yeah, right. You know why? Why break the uh, insides on a good one? You ever have any? Do you got any bad smelling trees out in Las Vegas? There's one tree that I don't care for in the spring, and believe it or not, people are going to think I'm crazy as a cherry tree. There's I one that smell kind of pungenty and and like sour milk. I don't know what plant it is, but they used to have them on Broadway in Huntington Beach, and then there's a plant in front of the subway down the street from me that smells like weed when it's blooming. It sounds like a uh, sage. A tree that smells like rotting fish is so invasive that states are offering bounties to kill it. <laughs> Just the corpse. Uh. Bringing the Bradford pear tree to Maine seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> That's the Bradford pear tree. Fast growing in early spring blooms of white flowers, the tree, also called uh, the calorie pear, is a popular ornamental tree in the state, but it also is an invasive species that smells incredibly bad when it gets a foothold in Maine's natural landscape. Um, and it could also have devastating effect on native species. That is what is happening right now in the southern United States. It's gotten so bad in South Carolina that officials are planning to outlaw the sale and purchase of the tree by 2024. Wow, two years away. Slow wheels have fallen. millions have already been planted. And offering a bounty to eradicate existing trees. The situation is not that serious in Maine yet, according to officials who are keeping a close eye on the species there. There are plenty of it planted in Maine, according to Gary Fish, state horticulturalist, you figure he would work for uh, Fish and Game with that last name, Uh, with the Maine Department of Agricultural. Uh, Conversation in forestry, quote, there are reports of it escaping and a report of, I'm sorry, there are reports of it escaping and a report out of Portland five years ago indicating that it has been found in some natural areas there. Uh, Fish and his colleagues are currently working on a five-year update to the uh, terrestrial invasion plant, quote, do not sell list. And he said that the Bradford pear is on it. It is also currently on the list of plants considered to be very invasive in Maine. The tree was imported from several Asian countries to the United States in the early 1900s. By the 1960s, it became a ubiquitous ornamental tree planted by developers in growing suburbs. People planted it because those early white blooms, Fish said. What they did not realize is the bloom smelled horrible. The smell of the grove, the smell of a grove Bradford pear tree in full bloom has been compared to rotting fish. Ironically, the expert in this story is also called fish, which makes for confusion. The smell is really hard to describe, Fish said. We know why, because you don't want to blame it on yourself. It's not like crab apples or lilacs. God, it smells like me. It's pretty rank. <laughs> the odor is the least of the problems when it comes to Bradford pear. Quote. It has a lot of negatives, Fish said. As a closer, I'm sorry, as close as, as close as Connecticut, where it has escaped, it really taken over sites that are cleared and will compete with things like the paper bird, aspen, and cherry trees. Uh, the pair can easily outcompete and eliminate native species from the landscape. So that's I'm glad I don't have you know rotten fish smell trees. In my neighborhood. Oh, do do student drivers. I won't get into my Samsung versus that. Oh, real quick, um, before we get to the news. Remember like a year or two ago, you and I would bounce ideas for show prep and, and bits for the show? Yeah. And I was telling you that, you know, I was at the gym working out a lot, and I was always wondering what people were listening to or they're working out, and I thought it'd be funny to like go up to a, a big dude, and turns out he's listening to Celine Dion, and I think people would be amazed at my white 
hair having white beard faced old man asses listening to the 1990s gangster rap like DMX and all that while I'm working out. And I thought it'd be a funny bit to ask people, what you listening to? Yeah. But, you know, I like, do we really want to go up and interfere with people at the gym? You Sounds know? like something Jimmy Kimmel will pull. Well, somebody on TikTok is doing just that. And he's getting quite a fucking lot of viewers doing it. He's right Don't at the gym. did it again. <laughs> he's at the gym. He's going, what you listening to? And this one guy was listening to like Backstreet Boys or NSYNC. And this one chick's listening to, uh, was listening to some like 80s music. So I guess when I have an idea, I can't be a, a shy. I just got to shoot the moon and go for it to, to produce that good content. But it's nice to know that an idea that I had actually does work when it's done by somebody who's more motivated than myself. Joining us now from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight? Whee! Hold on. And now, breaking news. I'm down to the corner of my bottle of larceny. Whee! All mm. right. Yes, so That's a damn shame. I guess you're going to have to larsen some more. Uh, you are familiar with the restaurant Jack in the Box. Jack in the Crack. You're also familiar with the West Coast restaurant Del Taco. I can't tell you which one's worse. I would say Del Taco's worse. And while we're on a subject, remember a while back I said I need to work on a YouTube video comparing chicken sandwiches? Uh-huh. I'm three quarters of the way done. Back to you. Nice. Jack in the Box is buying Del Taco for $575 million. <laughs> Coming in from CNN Business, three years after ditching the Quadoba Mexican Eats, that's spelled Q-D-O-B-A, Jack in the Box is scooping up Del is Taco. Is anything like the Cordova? A... No, that was a car. The no. Chrysler Cordova. <laughs> hey, it could be like the um, Morver on a... Uh, Matt's off-road recovery. Anyway, um, yeah, $575 million deal. The deal, which is expected to close early next year, doubles down on Jack's in the boxes. Success with tacos. I've had their tacos. They're cheap. They're like a buck. So, you know, I get it. Jack in the Box serves an eclectic array of food from burgers to egg rolls. But the chain has made something of a name of itself with its tacos, despite getting mixed reviews. <laughs> they have long been a top-selling item for the brand. Needless to say, Del Taco is kind of reversed. And I always thought it was weird when I went there is um, go to a Mexican restaurant that sells hamburgers also. Mm-hmm. So it specializes in tacos, quesadillas, and other American-style Mexican food. But it also sells American dishes like burgers and French fries. I've never been to a Mexican restaurant until there where you buy tacos and you get <laughs> fries with it. As a combo. thought that was weird, but at least they were crinkle fries. So together, these California-based brands will have over 2,800 restaurants in 25 states and will be better positioned to compete with the large quick-service restaurants according to the companies. So joining forces will provide additional resources to drive innovation and create more unique, innovative menu items and exceptional guest experience. I want to stop right there with the innovative menu items. I am beginning to think that Taco Bell has bought Applebee's because Applebee's now has Cheeto-crusted fucking chicken fingers. Gordon, this just then, I got an email from the sales department. 
We just got a we just picked up a new sponsor. So uh, yeah. we're going to interrupt this episode just for the new sponsor. We definitely need the sponsorship around here. And if you guys want to sponsor the show, you can reach the sales department at info at d-410.com. I know my own needs. And what I need from an automobile, I know I get from this new Cordova. I could ask for nothing beyond the quality of Cordova's workmanship, the tastefulness of its appearance. I request nothing beyond the thickly cushioned luxury of seats available even in soft Corinthian leather. Yet it is on the highway where Cordoba best answers my demands. I have much more in this small Chrysler than great comfort at a most pleasant price. I have great confidence, for which there can be no price. In Cordoba, I have what I need. This episode of the What's In Your Head podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Import-Export Steve's Used Car Lot. And if you want to experience the luxury of those seats, the Corinthian leather, in the 1975 Chrysler Cordova, 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 give Import Export Steve's automotive <coughs> automotive parking lot a call at 239-932-1660. That's Import Export Steve's used car parking lot. 239-932-1660. Ask him about the 1975 Chrysler Cordova and tell him we sent you at the What's in Your Head podcast. Gordon, back to you. We were talking earlier about um, COVID and vaccine mandates and et cetera, et cetera. And we know if anybody's been paying any attention to news, we which they're not. It, Italy has really cracked down. Yep. Well, apparently, an Italian dentist. Go ahead, drop the drop. <laughs> an Italian dentist presents a fake arm. For vaccine to get a pass. Moist. Well, I'm sure that fake arm was not. The dentist Fine, in hey. Italy... Good luck with the casual sex. I mean it. No, because you won't get it. So Mr. Brilliant Dentist in Italy faces possible criminal charges after trying to receive a coronavirus vaccine in a fake arm made of silicone. <laughs> I bet you... It, I bet you he put some money into it and it was probably a, a pretty... Uh, passable arm it wasn't me it was the one arm man except it was cold probably a nurse in the northern city of um bila flipa bua fast and hard that's what she said uh no whenever you struggle uh, with the name you just say it fast and hard move on like that she could tell right away that something was off when the man presented the phony limb for a shot on thursday when i uncovered the arm i felt the skin and it was as i guessed cold and gummy Yes. And the color was too light. Well, I told the Italian newspaper Corriere di Sierra. She said initially that she thought the 57-year-old man was an amputee and had mistakenly offered the wrong arm. <laughs> she lifted her shirt and saw the silicone arm. I understood immediately the man was trying to avoid vaccination by using a synthetic prosthetic, a silicone prosthetic, into which he hoped that I would inject the drug. Unaware, Bua said, the nurse said the man acknowledged that he did not want the vaccine, but 
to obtain Super Health Pass. As Why does it have to be there? a tongue twister? <laughs> Which uh, from Monday will require be required to enter restaurants, cinemas, theaters, and other venues in Italy. <laughs> he had already been suspended from work because of his refusal to get vaccinated, which Italy re- has requires for all medical personnel. Which thank God is not as bad as New York City with all private business. <laughs> um, the nurse said the man was courteous and left the vaccine center after the failed attempt. So. Uh, yeah, you even got medical professionals trying to pass off fake limbs to get a test or to get a shot. <sighs> snakes. I'm not a fan of snakes. Are you a fan of snakes? Um, if they're like in an aquarium, I'll pick them up and play with them under proper supervision. Um, I've tried to capture a few if I know what they are. Um, I watched Stan catch a black racer out of a um, office at K Rock and live streamed it. Um, so I'm like not terrified of them, but if I'm out out in the wild and it's an un what's the unidentified snake by me, then yeah, I, I get a little heebie-jeebie with it. Black racer isn't that kind of eh. <clears throat> anyway. He did it again, caused trouble, hurt someone's feelings. Yet he didn't want to do it. Yes, troublesome people are often people in trouble. They may be mentally ill. Find out how you can help. Write Better Mental Health, Box 3000, New York 1, New York. Hey, you don't even have to use uh, gaffer's tape to hide the logo. (laughs) Nope. Green bottle on a green screen. So a homeowner has got a snake problem. A homeowner. A what? A homeowner. Oh, okay. Don't want to get in trouble. I mean, let me throw my Cincinnati accent in here. A homeowner. Now, you know, at the top of the show, I was talking about the school we went to. Yeah. They had all their clubs set up in the courtyard, kind of like at a college. Yeah. And as I was walking by the Pride Club. Okay. I heard one of the uninformed Pride members ask another one, what does the triangle stand for? If you're going to be in Pride Club and you're going to wear that flag, literally, as she had a, they had a flag draped over their shoulders. They're at that age of figuring it out. You may want to know what the first public identifiable gay rights logo means. I mean, that's the one. Rainbow flag, man. No, before that, Uh, it was the purple triangle. Anyway, a homeowner. Okay. Well, he tried to smoke snakes out of his house. There's snakes in this motherfucking house. Not like a real, not like a real piece of shit. Like a piece of shit. Like a piece of shit. Like a piece of shit. That piece of shit. That piece of shit. Scamming rubes on the internet. So I went to type. I went to type in Google, and apparently the soundboard. And funny thing is, actually, I actually got not like a real piece of shit. Why? Like of a piece of shit. Ate a piece of shit. Took a piece of shit. You're that piece of shit. I'm not. I'm not clicked on the app. It shouldn't be doing that. Well, eventually get to the story. I'm just Poolsville, Maryland. Poolsville. Pool. Okay. P O O L S. Not like a real right. piece of shit. What the fuck? Like a piece of shit, ate a piece of okay. shit, took a pee and shit, ate that piece of shit. I can't type on the Google Chrome. I'm just trying to type in a Google Chrome. And for some reason, okay, I just won't type. I'm, I won't try to research the history of the purple triangle. Go ahead. We're moving on to snakes anyway, which snakes I don't know. There may be some house. kind of connection. Poolsville, Maryland. A Maryland homeowner accidentally burns his house to the ground. 
while uh, trying to get rid of a snake and fishing infestation, according to officials. Hey, you know, when people make jokes, you'll see in uh, social media with pictures of spiders just burn the whole place down. Well, this guy did. Yep. Snakes. Snakes. The homeowner in Poolsville, a town located about uh, 25 miles outside of Washington, D.C., was attempting to use a, use smoke to purge the snakes from his home, according to the Montgomery County Fire Department. In the process, the homeowner caught the house on fire, causing damage. A million-dollar house that has a snake infestation. Wow, property's expensive there. Mm-hmm. And this is according to the Washington Post. Fire broke out around 10 p.m. on November the 23rd. Oh, fuck, right before <laughs> Thanksgiving, according to officials. He probably had a get-together and wanted to get the snakes out of there prior. Uh, Pete Pringle, Pringle, Pringer, a smokesman for the county fire department, said on Twitter. Why does it have to be a tongue twister? Pete Pringle said on Twitter. Pringer said on Twitter. Why does it have to be a tongue twister? Which evidently, Twitter is still a main uh, main line for information. No. Nope. 75 firefighters were called out to put out the blaze that started in the basement. Moist. They had to definitely add that to the, the situation. Pringer said the fire caused by placing coals too close to combustible material was the was uh, accidental and that no people were hurt. My bottle just... <laughs> But he said the well-being of the snakes are undetermined. I've now got a headache. One more. My bottle just... This comes out of Germany. Berlin from the AP. Burglars decided to knock a hole in the wall. And what was this valuable item that they were going for? Copper. Everybody knows that. Lego bricks. Oh. Original 1970-1980 Lego bricks and the modern-day crap that doesn't require any imagination whatsoever because it's all formed to the shape of the object you're meant to build. Oh, that part's a little ambiguous. <clears throat> German police are looking for witnesses after burglars broke through a wall of a toy store, so it's not so ambiguous, to steal dozens of Lego sets. Police told, uh, said on Tuesday that the theft took place over the weekend in the western town of Lipstadt. In the western town of Demwa. Lipstadt. With eastern girls, western I wonder what boys. Lipstadt means in German. Western The burglars left about on 100 empty cardboard boxes behind. So not only did they break in to steal these, they, they actually time. ditched the boxes and they just, dumped probably all the bricks into a trash bag. I would say a trash bag or a really large pillowcase. Unfortunately, what is not immediately clear is whether the burglars had taken the instruction books. <laughs> and that is where the story ends. That's where you go online and pull up and a fucking online PDF. Fusion begins. Yes, there's PDFs for everything. This concludes the evening news. And now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us in another episode of the What's in Your Head podcast. Uh, I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us for each week. Please, if you want to support the show, head over to whatsyourhead.com or d-410.com. Click on that Patreon link. Sign up. It's only a dollar a month. It goes a long way to support the show. And if you are a Patreon member, an OG5 member, if you will, and you want a free What's In Your Head podcast sticker right now, I have all metallic gray ones. I got one with uh, Morgan Long's name on it, and I got one with Gordon's name on it. But if you want one, simply go into Patreon and send me a message with your address, and I will hook you up with a What's In Your Head podcast sticker. And I hope to cut some OG5 stickers here soon. I also got to get some What's the Scott about stickers out. 
but please head over and uh, join Patreon. Help us out. It goes a long way. And while you're on the internet, head over to YouTube or simply go to whatsyourhead.com. Click on any of the YouTube videos. Find us over at Digital 410. Please like, subscribe, and share us with your friend. We are we're, we're pushing 538 people. <laughs> we're trying to get to 1,000. But uh, we're, we're on our way. And um, Gordon, you have anything you want to get out before we wrap it up? We never did a uh, next episode. Never did what? Don't be that guy. Well, that's because I didn't have a list because I had an impromptu open house to go to. So, anyhow, <laughs> later, yeah, Everybody have a great week. This has been a Digital 410 production. <laughs>